0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I look like a lot of people.
0: They call it, like... Light skin the, with a beard. Yeah, they called him call Drake for like the first three days. Yeah. Then one of the homies called light, Van Vliet and that junk stuff.
1: Light skin with a beard, that's probably like 3,000 barbers that be DMing me.
2: <laughs> they say they look like me. ain't nothing but jealousy. Yeah, you know it.
0: With your Hustler shirt on.
2: And I got this. Me and Asia went over there the other day. That's when I brought it.
3: That's that nucky in the middle. That's supposed to be With a coochie. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: supposed to be a coochie. But I thought yeah. it was cool cause Hustler could be like, I'm a hustler, I'm grinding. And if you really look at it, you'd be like, I think that's a coochie. An
0: infrared coochie?
2: Man, we got some little <laughs> injecting things that you put the lube in there. And it's like a... <laughs> Stop, bro. <bruh>. Never mind.
0: Hold up. <laughs> Let me Take a stomach cap pin in it. I thought they here to the it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm finna get me up. Uh, on a mission, got me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, only vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless, think send me cop in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Uh, way I'm finna get me up. Uh, on a mission, got me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Hey, man, welcome to the business, man. I'm I'm, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, also, too, man, I just want to say, basketball players, y'all live different. We've shot in in a lot of off-season homes and temporary spots or new spots. This one is really up there. I felt like I walked in to Nas' house on Belly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Chan, Freddie T, Fred Van Vliet, man, we just appreciate your time. Uh, It's big time for you. You are a guy that's gone from undrafted NBA champion, one of the greatest closeout quarters in finals history. You become an all-star. But now you're moving on. Drake called y'all what the Guandango um, man, the dragons. dragons. He was hating a little bit on your way out. But you're not a Houston Rockets, $130 million man. We were talking oh. about the way the money is moving in the NBA, but a lot of people with your story or the way you got into the league never get to that money. Fifth undrafted guy to ever be an all-star, I want to know, and this is probably like a question that usually happens later, what's the difference between the dude that decided to pass up the G League contracts and go play in the summer league to the guy now that has a $130 million contract that's going to be expected to lead the Houston Rockets back to playoff contention after they finish what would tie for the second worst record in the league. What's the difference in between those two guys? Not much,
1: not much. I mean, obviously, life is a little bit better. Like, I can't lie about that. Mentality the same. A little older, a little wiser, a little smarter. Same drive, same everything, and just division. You got a division to, to come in the way I came into the league, knowing where I wanted to get to, knowing that I was capable of uh, making it to this point. You know what I'm saying? So if you ask, what's the difference? I couldn't really tell you. You know, I always feel the same way. Anybody that's known me, that's loved me, they know that. This is really who I am. I've been like this since, you know, as old as I can remember. And, you know, everything else that comes along the way, people who haven't been inside the story are surprised and enamored by all of the things that I've been able to do. But, like, we just expect to do it, you know. And then we're more surprised when it don't happen than when it do, you know.
2: What's the difference? Like you're saying, undrafted, go in, no expectations. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you know... Toronto loves you. Right. Because they gave they a gave the chance on you. Right. Now somebody went out and gave you 130. You yeah. really don't know them dudes yet. Right. You really don't, right. you really don't, you <laughs> really don't vibe with them like right. that. But now they're putting that, I, I don't want to say pressure, but is it more pressure with the money? Got to be a team leader, and you really don't know the people that you're going to the new organization with. Yeah, no,
1: it's definitely more pressure. It's a lot of pressure. You know, obviously when you, when you sign that dotted line, anything, you know, nine figures is that's yeah. pressure right from a franchise from a city from from an ownership standpoint you know they're putting a lot of money behind me and, and what i'm able to contribute what i will say though is i think that being in the spot that the team is in right now i think it's really only up from here so it's mm-hmm. like if you add to that with we'll put some vets in there like we did with the young crew that they got i'm excited about you know some of the things that we'll be able to do and it's like that sweet spot of trying to turn young talent into something
3: and I think, you know, that's one thing that I'll be able to do is get the best out of my teammates. Man, we're going to get back to the money in a minute because Houston Strip Club, boy, I'm sure they... <laughs> that, and that's usually Ch- uh, Channing's uh, intro right there, yeah, boy. But Onyx. I think Onyx. Onyx definitely Onyx down bad. there. That's a lot of ones.
2: Don't but, go upstairs. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Heard you.
0: Let the man get the money first. I'm
3: sorry.
0: Yeah, 85 that, already. That ain't, that's <laughs> like this is the second time?
3: Really just talking about mindset based on what RC was saying and, you know, you got the podcast, bet on yourself. That's the mindset. Back in your youth, you stay with your local AAU and then go to the big-time AAUs. And your and said if they see you competing and winning with guys that you shouldn't be winning with, maybe that's an even bigger advantage for you. Speak to your mindset like, When did that develop? Like, what throughout your childhood led you to be that way? Because a lot of guys, especially in this day and age, they see superstars jumping from ship team to team. A lot of kids want to go that way, even in football. They want to go to the winning organization, the Alabamas. I hate to say this, the LSUs. You know, and things of that nature. They don't want to go in and they want to be a winner. Right. Take the easy road, but you want to compete. Right. Like, what struck that mindset?
1: Like you said, just being a competitor in itself and just any time that I step on the court, you know, feeling like I have a chance. um, Proving that over and over time and time again and then, you know, just who I am as a person. Like, I would much rather at that age do it with my friends then Mm -hmm. hop in the car and drive either an hour or two to Chicago or get on a plane and fly to play with people that i never met before and that's kind of more so like a small town thing where it's like you know who you know and you know the same people that I grew up with is the same people that I'm still with you know here today at 29 so those two things having a small town mentality and just being a competitor and then as I got older I mean, we would go to the tournaments and we would play against those teams. And if we weren't winning, we were losing, you know, by less than five. And so in AAU, as long as you can make it to the Sunday where the championships is played in the right bracket, all the coaches in the gym anyway. I'd rather be playing with my guys competing against the teams that's got all the money than on the other side and then my friends wouldn't even be in this tournament at all
3: you know what i'm saying so that's how i looked at it it took it took us a minute to come up with the name for our podcast the peter how long did it take you to come up with bet on yourself
1: uh it didn't take no time at all i mean that was really born out of my draft night you know and then ever since then i just ran with it but it's one of those things where just kind of putting words on my lifestyle my character and my personality anyway like that's just my personality is to bet on myself so once those words became a thing then you know pretty much everything I do kind of reflected that
0: yeah I mean you tweeted it what it was uh June 23rd 2016 yeah things don't become like that. can't be the name of your podcast if you stink right if you never make it if you Never become a bench player that contributes, that becomes a starter, that becomes an all-star. Nobody wants to listen to you on a podcast anyway. Fred spoke to the mindset of not team jumping and doing those things. I'm an undrafted guy as well. Stories very similar, right? I started three years at LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, I was all conference, all SEC at LSU. When you play 36 games in a row and start there, you expect to be drafted, mm-hmm. and then you put in that position where you aren't, you were a Missouri Valley conference player here twice, yeah. and so you don't get that call. And I heard you say one time you were kind of upset with your agent about taking the 18, you know, workouts at 30 days. But when you finally got that basketball in your hand with an opportunity to go up against some of those dudes that were drafted, whether it be that year or the year before, what gave you so much confidence in knowing that you could one day be in this spot by betting on yourself? Again,
1: I think just being a competitor in itself and knowing the class knowing the class ranking so like fred said being in aau and playing against all of those top teams my whole life like i always knew where i was in the class and regardless of what somebody wrote as a ranking or whatever shoe deal came with a certain team like i knew if i play against you and you were ranked number one and i bust your ass i know i'm decent right and i just always kept that and so that followed me all the way through college had success in college and then once i got to the league. I was more so looking up and seeing, you know, could I hang with some of the other top competitions. So it's more so just a basketball thing of being on the court and having a feel for where you are and, you know, made it to training camp. And and I was I felt good after the first day.
0: People mess up your name a lot. Yeah, I'm just going to be honest. I pretty much practiced it the whole flight (laughs) up here. I was like, bro, don't call this man Van Fleet. Yeah, which I didn't realize I probably do. Sometimes just saying it fast for whatever reason but people do know your name now because of your accomplishments But it also goes to your first name as well. That's your mother's name Van Vliet Mm -hmm. but your father was Fred Manning and your father was killed when you were young and you were raised with a stepdad that poured into you not just from a love and emotional standpoint, but taught you that hard work having someone step in and take care of, of a young man that's not his child, like his own, and give him that work ethic. What is that relationship like between you and your stepfather?
1: Oh, it's great today. It, it was tough back then. You know, it was tough at first, um, just being a stubborn, arrogant kid. You know, um, he really took like a ball of fire. You know, I was more emotional and just, you know, hot headed back then. And he really just taught me how to be a man. And I didn't actually appreciate it until, probably like my first year of college you know we butted heads all through childhood and then when i went away to school i got a greater appreciation for you know some of the lessons and things that he instilled in me so it was it was cool like to see our relationship come full circle but i mean when i was 9 10 11 i hated him
2: did you understand cuz you were young when yeah. your father passed right do you remember it and was that a pivotal point in your in your your mind in your life
1: yeah no I remember it like vividly that's the crazy part and it's it's, it tripped me out because you know my son is four now so he wasn't much older than I was you know what I'm saying my dad was 29 so it's, it's real similar it's crazy but I remember when it happened I remember being numb I remember um them telling me you know how it happened like I remember all my family reactions like I remember a lot of it but the biggest thing, the older I got, the more I realized how numb it made me. And unless you've been through tragedy, it's hard to, like, relate to it, but it just made me super numb to everything. And then it just was like, all right, I'm just focused on what I want to do. Did that make you the basketball player you are? Absolutely. And it gave me purpose, too, from an early age because it was like, okay, if I go down this road, this is what's going to happen. And that was, that was drilled in me from five years old. So it was like, all right, I know I can't do that. So, I'm gonna go over here and do this, and I'm gonna put everything I do into that, so that you know I
3: don't end up that way what were some of those challenges?
1: I think just growing up in the environment that we grew up in, you know it's like a place that doesn't have professional athletes, doesn't have a professional team, don't see much success outside of what you see in the street. you know that was who we really looked up to in the neighborhood, and so not being able to like physically see it in person so really we was brainwashed into not being like the people we knew you don't want to be like that and that's a weird way to to grow up as a kid to only use a negative example but I mean it worked for me I never wanted to be average and I never wanted to end up like you know all of the bad stories that you end up hearing
3: does that help you as your relationship develops with Freddie Jr does that help you sort of develop a mindset to say I'm going to steer this direction as opposed to you know some of the things I've seen before in my upbringing
1: yeah absolutely and it's I mean he gonna have a whole different world to live in than what I have but more than anything just understanding how much a kid can remember and they learn by seeing you know they're gonna do what you do more than what you tell them to do so just always like I get up and I get up early I make him wake up with me I make him get ready I make him brush his teeth wash his face I take him to the gym with me like we got a whole routine and so It's just cool for me to be able to do that, you know, with my little one. Right.
0: Yeah, I think our experiences really shape the type of fathers we become, the type of men we become. And you got to deal with the loss of a father and then having to understand the man that raised you. And so you'll see your son's view from different perspectives Mm -hmm. and prisms, but it's gonna be a different life too. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a different way that he gets to grow up, different opportunities. He's gonna be seen differently than you are. Right. When you think about what you've been able to provide through hooping and been able to give your family compared to how you grew up, how much pride, man, do you have? And not necessarily the success, but the work you put in that you do get to show your family. And like you said, the people that were in the small circle around
1: you. Right, that's that's the ultimate pride. You know, that's really the reason why I do it is to take everybody along for the ride. I mean, this is like the shit that we dream about. You know, this is what you think about in the backyard, you know, five, four, three, two, one. You know, you, we sit around in the basement just watching ESPN, watching Sports Center, looking at different things. Um, so it's like we all still have those, all those memories. And then, you know, to see it unfold, I'm not even really appreciating it, you know, the best that I can because I'm still focused on all of the other things that I want to still continue to do. But that's why I keep everybody close to me, you know, to, just to keep me grounded.
0: Well, you know, man, we've been working on this a while. I hit you up a while ago, yep. try to get it done. And he everybody like, just wait. You yeah. know, wait to the all season, and I'll be honest. I'm sitting around. I'm like, what am I waiting for? Yeah. I was like, he got a chip already. <laughs> like he a all star. You know, because like a lot of times people are are waiting to accomplish certain right. things. You don't know how many times we hear, man, let us let us try to win this Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, man, like your teammate won the Super Bowl in a long time. Like if right. we gonna wait on that? Right. We may never get you on the show. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's always like something else that people are trying to achieve. And now as you move on to Houston it's a different sort of challenge for you, right? Like, you don't have to prove who you are Mm -hmm. as a player anymore, right? right? People know you can hoop, but now it's like, okay, can this man lead a team, Mm -hmm. right? This is a long way from coming off the pick and roll with Siakam and hitting the three from the top of the key and putting your team up to win it. Like This is gonna be building from the ground up. Already saw uh, you out running hills with Mm Jalen recently. Y'all got Dylan Brooks. When you look at this new challenge, which is you being in a different position, how are you approaching who you're going to be once you walk into that locker room? Oh, I'm
1: just going to be myself. I think that's that's the best thing that I learned about myself this year. And part of the reason why we never got to do it during the year is because I had a fucked up year. You know, personally, one of my worst seasons and. As a team not a great season for our standard in toronto so um just learning you know a lot about what it takes to lead a team to be one of the guys on the team to take the the blame to take the critiques and so more often than not you get pulled in so many different directions you're trying to please these people over here and please these people and you just you're trying to serve everybody else instead of just you know walking in and standing tall and being yourself so it's a great fit it's a breath of fresh air for me because Part of the recruiting process was like, look, we just want you to come here and be yourself. And that alone is going to help raise some of these guys' level with the professionalism, the way you work every day, um, leading, you know, helping the team. So I'm excited about it.
2: And, and, bruh, being around you a little bit now, talking before the show, you got a little dog in you.
1: Yeah, just <laughs> a little bit.
2: And then you bring up Pascal Siakam. I know you know, heard the stories that came out. I need to hear it from your mouth. They said y'all two was starting beef with the team last year.
1: That's what they said.
2: They said y'all was starting beef with the team. Y'all didn't like the young guys and all this stuff. And then I saw you as a what? You unfollowed Scotty Barnes and then <laughs> he unfollowed you and you followed him back. But I don't you understand. The the or something, man? Yeah, it was all kind of shit I read before this. <laughs> Were you and Pascal Siakam starting shit, starting beef with the team? Did yeah. y'all were frustrated with the roster or something else I saw?
1: No, I think that any like anything is blown out of proportion. Um, and the thing about nowadays, if you don't speak to a rumor, it becomes true. So what I will say is for a team that have been, I don't know the exact number, at least one of the top three winningest teams in the decade from 2010 to 2020, the Raptors, Having the season that we had with a team that had just got to the fifth seed the year before, it was a letdown for everybody. Right. And just the same way, when you win a championship and everybody level raises and everybody gets paid and everybody wins accolades, when you when you underperform, it's the same. Wow. The coach gets fired. Yep. Your starter point guard is no longer there. Your best player on the team is now on the, you know trade rumors every day. So it goes hand in hand. There's a there was a mix of Guys that have been there, new guys trying to prove themselves, it didn't work out. It wasn't a great fit for whatever reason the chemistry didn't click. And that's probably the most I can say about that. But yeah. to those stories that's coming out, I mean, I can't do nothing about that. I can't. I still got a great relationship with everybody that was there. If there was any issues with me personally, they was never addressed personally. Right. So
2: But that's something else that football doesn't have. Like you hear about basketball players going up and talking to the GM, going yeah. up talk like Y'all really have input. Yeah. Is that true? Cause we if I wouldn't dare go talk to the gym about a, a dude that I know can't play. Man, that's y'all yeah. picked him. I'm gonna leave that hell alone. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, I think to a certain level, yeah, I think so. I think there's more um Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to
3: wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mm.
1: Collaboration, especially with the top players because it's a fine line of like, we got to make this work between the egos and emotions and more football is more positional. So it's like, you got your job, you got your position coach. You know, y'all got your own separate meetings. Yeah. Like, it's a lot more tight-knit than the whole team. You got to manage everybody together. So there may be conversations here and there, but it's also a, we're in the middle of, like, a new generation, too. So a whole new generation of kids that's entering the NBA that's a little bit different from more, say, how I was brought up in the game, too. And I think that's where you're seeing some of the,
2: Oh, these babies soft. I say it all the time. But the young a, the young yeah. the young boys are different. It's a, now. it's a
0: strange, but you're not old though. No. Like you talk like our generation. Right. You know what I mean? Your demeanor is is very much like it. The sort of loyalty you show to the people that you grew up with and say I'm gonna play with them. And if I could get, and that's almost like an everybody goes together sort of relationship to have with friends and community. That's not how they grow up now. That's not right. that's not how they push you to brand yourself. That's not how They push you to market yourself and say, okay, this is who I am individually. The game has changed a lot from team. How difficult has it been for you to deal with that change and adjust to it? You know, because sometimes, like I know my personality is not good with it. Like I still I train guys in the league now and if they're recruiting somebody or somebody tells them they want to come train with with me, they give them the rundown before they get there. He's like this, he talks like this, this is the way he addresses things. He wants eye to eye contact when he's having a conversation. Don't whisper nothing under your breath and if you want to throw hands, y'all could throw hands. Right. Y'all could be cool like right. you know and that's different. I know I wouldn't work in every locker room. Yeah. How's that adjustment been for you?
1: No, it's tough for sure and I mean I know like age-wise I'm not that old but I still I'm like right in the middle, you know what I'm saying? So like the first half of my childhood it was no social media, it was play outside X, Y and Z. Once I get to high school then boom. So it's like I'm kind of right in the middle on that line. So I'm understanding there's a whole new generation that's coming after me, but I mean more than anything, you just gotta be able to adapt and adjust. And um, I learned a lot, you know. I always got to keep learning and try to find better ways to to deal with things. But I think that you know my two years with the new team that we had in Toronto, I think is gonna give me a lot of valuable experience going forward you know for my next situation and you know you just got to be able to learn from it
3: if you had to go back to the crib and and coach the kids i think i saw your foundation shirts over there like what fred walks in in the building fred with the old school mindset or give him some leeway and kind of let him float along with you know what ryan was saying oh i don't
1: don't play that shit at home though (laughs) not at home like i'm 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 full tilt when i'm at home because i'm home this is we got a whole different setup than anybody else in the world like we don't get opportunities we don't get so we got to be a thousand percent all the way right buttoned up on time you know Looking in the eyes, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I cuss kids out my whole camp. Anytime <laughs> I work out with kids, like, don't bring your kids to me. I'm cussing them out. Right.
0: Because hey. we, we, we got to get them right. Hey, kids go, Mom don't ever bring me back to. <laughs> hey, you <laughs> know, and they mess the name yeah. up when they get home, too. Yeah. I ain't never going back to yeah. Van Fleet shit. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. My soft ass kids. Hey. Man, <laughs> dad, they, I remember one summer, we put them in summer camp, and uh, they came home, and they was like, Dad. The kids would say bad words at the camp, so I'm like, <laughs> all right, what's the words they were saying? Yeah. He said the little boy all he kept saying was nigga, 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 nigga. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's a bad word. <laughs> but my kids, they yeah. they hadn't been exposed to yeah. Right. us, yeah, because the, the the middle schools and the schools they were coming up in, yeah. we are the minorities for real, you know, it's Hispanic, is 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 white, but uh, when they got in the hood, try to toughen them up, they was like nigga. Excuse my name, was a bad word. Mm -hmm. But you gotta get them out there. You gotta expose them, right? So you gotta be tough on them. You got to. You gotta be tough. That's the
1: only way I know how to do it. So, I mean, in a professional setting is always gonna be a different person than, you know, when I'm home comfortable with my people for sure. Let's
0: talk about something good, man. Yeah, let's Let's talk about the run. Is Jurassic Park outside
3: the arena? Does it involve the Miami Heat? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I didn't like you then, bro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I know, I know. We good now. Yeah, so we we solid. We're solid. solid. So yeah, good. You know, but I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, it's You so know, good. you
0: know. They said, they said. Normally, good things happen around the time you have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. In, in your life, man, and you know, you guys go on that run. You know, everybody. It's the the classic picture of Kawhi squatting in the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, after he hits the shot against Philadelphia, obviously you have the great run in the finals you chasing Steph off all the screens. You know, he actually mentions you post-game after you guys win. You had that historic fourth quarter. What was that run like for you individually and team-wise? Like, I, I was prepared to just ask you about the run for you. Yeah. But just seeing how your mind works, I know for you to bring something to Toronto like yeah. that and be a big part of it was huge for you.
1: Yeah, I think you got to go back to my first two years, which was like, 57 wins or 59 wins both years one second year was coach of the year so we had we thought we had a championship teams two years in a row we got swept by LeBron we just didn't have an answer you know well it's right. a different okay but when you compete, in, I don't want to hear that shit you know what I'm saying like you can't think like that in a right. moment right so fast forward to the third year that run people don't realize is about two and a half months right so the season's over in April about uh, April 15th, playoffs probably start. I think the finals is ending in June, middle of June, right? So about two months of extra basketball. So it's a lot of ups and downs. Luckily, we had Kawhi to, to do most of the heavy lifting, but we had a lot of other great, you know, performances. I actually didn't even play that well the first two series, you know, just dealing with a lot of different stuff. My son is born, and then, you know, I get hot. And yeah. it was really just like, Being in the zone, anybody who's ever been in the zone, you just know how that feels. But I was able to do it for two weeks, you know, three weeks, whatever it was. So, yeah, special, special time for sure.
0: I mean, it's gotta be good at some point, huh, Chan? This is a Fred and Channing question to win the light skin wars. Yeah. You know no. you know what I mean? Like, oh, I it's fellas.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I hate when you and Steph was playing against each other. <laughs> and I'm like, man, we got a civil war going on between us reds, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking up that with Steph, like you just brought up Braun too, and we, yeah. we all watched it. We watched what right. happened. Like when you play them dudes, and I'll say you wasn't established like that then. Right. When Bron's out there doing what he did. Do you feel defenseless? Because watching it, it looks defenseless. Like, them boys can't do nothing.
1: Yeah, sometimes, yes. Like, he he had a second or third quarter against us. One of them playoff series where he just decided he was going to shoot turnaround jumpers the whole quarter, and there's just <laughs> nothing you can do. Off glass, all net. Like, you knew what move he was going to do, and he still did it, and there's nothing you can do. And it used to be a lot more of those. Like. Older, you know, you just knew Kobe was going to take you out. Like, there's certain guys, but Brian definitely gave us a couple of those performances yeah. where it was just like, well, I mean, what you going to do? Yeah. Especially yeah. me. Like, I mean, what the hell? What am I going to do? <laughs> it ain't nothing I can do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Steph is a little different because, yeah. like, all right, I, you know, I feel a little bit better. Like, he's yeah. more closer to my side. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, Brian yeah. was on a different time.
2: And to that point, because I know when like we talked about it earlier. There's more people on the football sideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I went out one time, Randy Moss caught four touchdowns on us in the game, mm. and I'm looking at the corner, his name might have been Jason Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and you just lean up and stare at him mm-hmm. like, do something, yeah. trip him, kick him, do yeah. something, don't let him dog you. Yeah, When somebody's on Braun, or you are on Steph, because yeah. Steph got off on you a couple mm-hmm. times. No, he got off a lot. Okay, I just... <laughs> Yeah, we know, in your house. I do want to get yeah, kicked no, out. No, he got off a lot. <laughs> like, do y'all do y'all do y'all encourage him, and do you be looking at like, bro, get in front of him?
1: Do yeah, something. No, me, I, I had like dirty football coaches growing up, so I got still got that in my mind. So it's like certain things, you know, is just disrespectful when you on defense. So it's right. like I'm always thinking like, just do something, just make him think about it. You know, it was one time he was he was spinning, he was jab stepping, and he was just fixing the laces. And he shot one another time. He fell into the stands and he took a sip of beer and jumped back in like shit like that. I'm looking like, nah, we can't go for that. So <laughs> I actually tried to get get with him one time just, you know, just to shake the momentum up. But it was like it, just, it was nothing we could do.
0: Basketball is a different sport, too, because when all else fails in football, you just think physicality. Right. You know, it's like right. I'm just going to run down, put my face on him and we're going to see what happens. For y'all, it's such a different sport. And also, man, we get to watch your reactions mm-hmm. while it's happening. You know, if Steph hits the three and he's coming down shimmying and doing all that stuff, like we're watching you, whether you're defeated by it, whether you're pissed off and you want to mm-hmm. put hands on him. When you went for 54 that night, did you have that same feeling from the other side, though? He was like, hey, I know ain't nothing none of y'all can do. It's the most ever scored by an undrafted player. Probably will stand the test of time. When you get into a zone like that, what's that feeling like?
1: Yeah, especially, I mean, if they're not going to send a double or nothing or a switch up, nothing they're going to do, like, I mean, they, shit, yeah, it's just a shooting drill at that point. For me, that night was just one of them zones that you get in and I find my spots. I had, luckily I had Kyle Lowry to just kind of run the show and I could just run around and shoot. Yeah, that was like, just, it was like a workout with human cones.
0: See what I'm saying, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand that though, right? Because like, when I go shoot basketball, even if I get hot, that's five for ten, right? And that's a good day. Like, yeah. I, 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 leave, <laughs> I leave the over over forty hoop session at LA Fitness feeling good. Yeah. I go stop, and get a smoothie, yeah. everything. You know, I call my son, Facetime. Yeah, Joe, you know, I was on their head today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I your knees. Yeah, I hit <had> ten. I <laughs> I <had> 10. <laughs> right, right.
0: When you know you you're playing with Kawhi and you go on that run. And, you know, you talked about the way y'all even started Mm -hmm. your career. And now you mentioned losing Mm -hmm. last year. And it's almost, it gets to the point, you're the all-star now, Mm -hmm. right? You're the guy now. And it's all these things happen to get me to this point. I get a ring. We become one of those teams that's a perennial playoff performer. And now when it's my time, this is what it's like. Mm -hmm. How difficult was that for you just individually? You said yourself, it's one of my worst individual years. How hard was last year for you?
1: Yeah, it was tough. It was just a lot of things going on at once. But, I mean, you always got to try to have great perspective. And that's one thing that I've been able to be blessed with is just having vision and feel to know there's a lot that goes into it. So as a competitor, as somebody that's super proud and prideful, like, you always, I'm always my worst critic, and I'm always way harder on myself than anybody. So you can kind of pile up on yourself. But I mean, if you really just look around and pay attention to what's going on, like the NBA is changing, you know, the landscape is changing, there's more parity. You look around the league, there's other guys, great players that, you know, is in similar situations. So you just got to try to find that balance of like, being honest with yourself, seeing what you can be better at, but also being realistic too.
0: You know? How much does the L really hurt though? Like. And he didn't care. Yeah. Like, I care. You know, we... How you you go say I didn't <laughs> care? Because you say it all the time, that you used to count your money before the game started. <laughs>
2: I, I wanted to win, but I also knew I was making $17,000 a year, $23,000 a year, mind. too. You had tootsies on the You
3: had tootsies the used to I back back. would party oh, to celebrate. Oh, you was one of them. You was one of them. Yeah. Right? He sti- yeah. You yeah, yeah,
1: we
2: still were. one of them. Uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's say, hypothetically, because that's a good word. Yes, it you don't is. Tell hypothetically. I had a table every Saturday night. No matter what. Yeah, you have to celebrate Yeah. But the people in the club was yeah. celebrating the morning with me. Amen. I, I was a shirt off guy. OK. You ever take your shirt off in the club? No. Nah. <laughs> you never? No. Nah. Even at 21? Nah. Man, I worked too hard not to show them what I got. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a woman. They can wear a little shirt I, They can wear a little You clothes also have underwear. to realize what
0: your face and teeth look like at that time. The well. cameras wasn't as crazy back then. Yeah, they yeah, killed me back then.
2: Come yeah. Yeah.
0: You, yeah. Didn't, you weren't a 10 yet. Now you a 10. You ain't got to do that.
2: They used to let me get on the stage at the strip club and dance with the girls yeah, on the stage. You can't do that in 2023. You can't. Because no. remember uh, Lil mm-hmm. Wayne song the Wildcat Offense? Check mm-hmm. my paw print. I could really run the thing with the stripper. <laughs> I told the story before. I used to kick my leg in the strip with that, like she snapped the ball, and I would run the hand fake and then take off.
3: Yeah, you might get cut like, if you do that. Man, That's man, man. Man. So, check with with the, with the legends that have gone through Toronto: Vince, T Mac, Chris Bosh. You would think one of those guys would be the single game high point person. But speaking to that 54 that RC was talking about, is it is it more special knowing that you're the high point man uh, over those guys? or you're the high point man in nba history uh, undrafted person a uh, player
1: both because you just got to know your history i mean if you think about all of the great undrafted players that's that's come along and then you look at all of the players that's i mean just off the top you know t-mac mm-hmm. vince chris bosh hall of fame damar kyle Lowry, right. Kawhi. like that's six yeah you know right there we could just stop right there and so yeah I mean I took a lot of pride in it but again I'm like a different person on the court so it's like all of these things I expected to do it would be nice when I would have 30 and people was you know going crazy and I'm in my head I'm like I should have had 60 so it was like it was something that I expected when it happened I couldn't you know believe it but it's like I mean it's what
0: I do you know what I mean so I never really looked at it like that I feel like we're striking out with basketball players Right. I wanted to actually do a show with a basketball player who acted like a basketball player. Right? Like I don't I don't want a tough one. Uh-huh. right. I want one that does go to the club a lot. Yeah. I want one that doesn't care about winning or leaving the <laughs> locker room. Right. We had him and Chris Paul. Yeah. Right? Two mean mother effers, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like two guys who so for when you want to relax, Fred, and, like, you actually want to become human, man, and laugh. Like, what do you do? Like, what do you – when you won the championship and they asked you at the game, he's like, well, Kawhi can't take all the shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when do you relax, man, and just enjoy what you've accomplished?
1: Uh, Vacation vacation that's my time I like to travel vacation beach but that's only like two weeks out the year you know what I'm saying the rest of the time is I'm trying to figure it out obviously when I'm home with my kids and my family like you know it's, it's a different me as well but I just I don't know I just it's, we, we don't borrow time man that's just how I wake up every day and you know we you got to try to make the most out of it you know why you can
0: you been with your, your lady a long time yeah I always find you know those stories interesting because there is so many times there's so many different options and for one for her to stay down in the way she has and for you to be that way that sort of loyalty is something that's unique in today's world as you guys are building your family throughout your success how much do you use that as a foundation to make sure that no matter what happens in the gym no matter what happens in the season like i know that's why i always come back to to find my peace
1: yeah no that's the rock you know that's it's always been like that and more uh, more earlier than now it was my way of like just staying focused you know it like i would go to the gym i would be with her i'd go to the gym i'd be with her she went to school with me so it was like i wasn't really running around doing too much but yeah just building out and having somebody that you could share that with you know it means the most also it's a small town thing where you meet your childhood sweetheart and you just stay with her you know your whole life like that's just what we know you know what i mean so i didn't really know no better but um all this time later you know here we are i'll tell the real story you know probably when i'm retired because got to keep it pc now but yeah. she's been she been thugging bro She she's she's been right there the whole time and it's uh it's a huge blessing, especially you know, once you make it professionally, you hear all the stories and you read about things that's going on, or you got teammates in the locker room telling you about their situations. Like, I've been super blessed for sure. You like to travel? Um, you ever do any uh, nudist colonies? No, no, that's, a, that's that's a little bit outside of my uh, <laughs> my range there. But but you a wild boy though. <laughs> I just want to tell you that. I watch your show. For right, that's sure. his first stop. Yeah, you, I you just know, had to throw it out You know there. this
2: one in Toronto. It's to in Yeah. What's it's it like? in the
1: city too. I wrote past it on accident. <laughs> no, not accident. No, it was an accident. We was on a boat. We was going on a boat, going through the uh, the water, and you just on the boat and, and we jumped in the water. Just chilling and then there was a dude just swam past us. Mm-hmm. Ass naked. <laughs> <laughs> you looking like what? And then you look up on the beach and there's a whole bunch of naked people there. Yeah,
2: because it's a, it's just a chill spot, man. It's just
0: cool. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Robert, the dude, you can get your boy that was on on the side of the road today uh, with his way. pants pulled oh, up. They wild with out his hands like this. The yeah.
2: naked dude side of the road coming over here. Did you get up? Nah, I don't wanna
0: <laughs> hang, hey, hang with him. Did you tell him about the party you throwing? What was that? The one you and uh, Freaky Z go throw You and Zion. We, so we're going to do <laughs> oh, uh, next I year. I can't hang with him. Next year at the All-Star. Next mm-hmm. year, NBA All-Star. Channing Crowder, Zion Williamson. Special <laughs>
2: <laughs> He on a different vibe. He, he wild. What a tornado position. I don't even know what. I had to look it up. But I'm nasty. I had to look up something. <laughs> tornado. I said the tornado. Look it up. Gonna blow your fucking mind look at us. <laughs> <laughs> he too big to be tornado and the girl big too mariah milton whatever oh, say they both big but you know what i it was funny it, it lead right into one of my questions talking about the nudist colony can you sneak around not sneak around i'm talking about sexually but like can you just go to the store can you go to you know walmart public like do people yeah. all the time and nobody especially
1: knows you it up hat i'm good that's why i don't go nowhere with nba players they too tall like even if people don't know who they are, they just know they just don't fit. Like anything six three and six four and up, you just look out of
2: place wherever you go. <laughs> so, so you you vacation and you just yeah, do no, hanging
1: out. Nah, no, it depends on where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like depends on where I'm at. But like grocery store, just running around, yeah, I definitely can get where I need to go by myself for sure.
2: And is it different in Canada? Because Canadians are nice as hell. Yeah. Is it different in Canada? Because you about to, you about to be in a different city.
1: Yeah, it's super different and. The, the visibility up there is way different because it's only one team for the whole country, basketball-wise. You know, so it's like you got the whole Canada. This is Canada's team. You know, we're super famous up there, so it's yeah. it's a it's a whole different ballgame. You gonna miss
0: it? Yeah, you that's, get, that's the next yeah. question. Do you get Van Vliet or Drake more though?
1: Van Vliet. No, they know it. They know okay. Drake. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they know Drake for sure.
0: Yeah.
3: You, what What are you gonna miss the most about Toronto, and um, what do you look forward to about the new city, Houston? Uh I mean Toronto is is like where I
1: became who I am. You know what I mean? Obviously grow up in your hometown, you go to school, but I, I've spent the last seven and a half years there. So um there's missed so much about it. You make so many relationships with so many people, the fans there, the way they support, the franchise is top tier, the history that we made, the accomplishments that we those are all things that will stand the test of time. Right. We brought the team's only championship there. Um, just being a part of all of those memories, that's like you leaving behind, you know, a special moment in time. So I can't even really give you a great answer on I'm gonna miss everything about it.
2: Mm. They love ketchup up there. <laughs> right? They love syrup. The milk comes in a bag. Did y'all know this? <laughs> don't it,
0: don't it? I just want to no, the milk, no, no,
2: the milk, no, <laughs> motherfucker, the milk come in the bag, don't it, bruh?
0: You can get it in the bag. The milk coming in the I bag. I think you can get milk in the bag anywhere. Get Go get milk
2: bag. in the bag in LA. Yeah, you can get it in the bag. In the bag? It's different up there. Up there. I'm it's with di- you. It's Tim different. Hortons. Yeah. I did my research, man. They got yeah. poutine. Yeah. Oh that shit. It's yeah. have you, you been it, have you spent time there before? I, I know would, y'all
1: go in Buffalo, y'all well, do. we play Buffalo,
2: I wouldn't even go to my hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> we land in Buffalo. I drop my bag at the concierge desk and we go straight to Toronto to the strip club with the red lights all around the top. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name now. They had a little Perkins across the street. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Fred,
1: <laughs> no. No, Toronto's a special place, like in the world. It's like a top. I've been city trying to in get a carabana
3: for my whole life. It's a special place in the world. I'll just say that. Yeah, if you know somebody that knows somebody, put the pivot plug in. Y'all want to go for carabana? Yeah, yeah. Oh, say no more. Hey, don't. Put I just want I just want okay, to no, right. see the culture. Okay, just. I just want to see the
0: culture. You ain't gonna come? No, <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Not unless we got a show we got a show.
1: Yeah, you going to make we a show. I got a get, couple of players. I get your, I get your interview. Oh,
0: so yes, it's yeah. <laughs> well, I like when it. when you get into the the off season and you're prepping for free agency and and knowing I'm to assume did you know you were going to leave Toronto that going back was no. Not a part of the no, conversation. No, not
1: at all. I mean, obviously I signed 2 years ago and they they offered me an extension at the beginning of the season. I decided not to take the extension just to enter free agency and you know kind of see what the market was but i never really even thought about leaving until probably like a week ago you know what i mean like it just happened that way i was just so invested in you know trying to figure out how we could bounce back from you know the year that we just had that's all i was thinking about but you know free agent things go as they go and um i had to start thinking about some other options and you know, that's when Houston came along. What,
0: what was the turning point? Because there, there there, always becomes a point. I was in Miami. It's my free agency. And they told me, they said, we're going to start start you with an offer that's higher than what Pittsburgh's offer. Mm-hmm. So I go down. I spend the day. I'm sitting in the hotel waiting for the offer. I'm thinking I'm going to stay there and sign because you already told me you're going to start me higher than where we were right. and they didn't start me there, Right. I called my agent. I said I'm not even waiting no more I said book a flight I said cuz they lied. Yeah, that was the turning point for me Where I called Pittsburgh like look, let's just get this deal done, mm-hmm. right? There's always something throughout free agency that kind of wakes you up to know Okay, I may have to look at other places or mm-hmm. I may have to figure something else out Was there one point in your process where you said okay leaving Toronto Is now a high possibility
1: yeah i think you know you always have your own perspective on what you think your value is and so just throughout those conversations and kind of where we started at and how it was going then you know yeah you you look at it and say okay well that's not matching up with what i think or why do they have my value at what they have it at and let's look at the whole total picture and i just think it was just time for a change of scenery for everybody for me for them for everybody and ultimately you know we weren't able to keep going but on the other end you know i had a great offer on the table already while i'm still talking to them you know so now you put them together and you weigh them out and it's like it was really tough like really 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 tough my stomach was and knots trying to figure it out you know because it was no wrong choice and those are the hardest choices to make when there's no wrong way to go i could have went back for whatever the deal was or i could go start something new and ultimately i just chose you know a new a new setup
2: and rc laughed about drake and you and uh, you know light-skinned dudes barack Steph, you know all those dudes taking over the world and uh <laughs> but with drake man yeah my opinion, he does too much. Mm-hmm. I watched him physically assault Nick Nurse in the playoffs. <laughs> Y'all call it a shoulder rub. Can I walk into Piccadilly or the or the Piggly Wiggly and rub the cashier's shoulders? No, no that that's is a, harassment. That's harassment. Okay. Does Drake be doing too much? Because I, you were there for years and yeah. you watched him be there assaulting Nick Nurse.
1: I mean, it, you can't walk into the Piccadilly, but you could you could give him a different. Interaction than a stranger, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like he's there. You know, that's our guy. You know what I'm saying? And. More than anything, he he messing with the other team the whole game, so I ain't got no problem with it. He was he was distracting them, make, making them miss free throws and get texts and all of that. So, it was cool. It's just you know he's the biggest superstar in the world, but he act like a regular crazy fan during the game. I think I think
2: it was a good setup. And the players like it because we got Calip down. Khaled ain't wild as Drake, but Khaled, you know Calip yeah, put yeah. pillows down and yeah, yeah, put his feet yeah, on crazy. and all. Yeah. The players don't like the players don't care about it. even yeah. on the other side when you go to another team that got one of them famous super fans. Y'all ain't, it ain't really phasing y'all. Y'all don't care about it. Nah,
1: not me. I don't really do too much interaction with the fans because I just don't, I'm not wired, like, to be joking and, like, I'm not wired like that. So, but when it's your people, it's easy. When it's somebody else, it's like, all right, just watch your mouth, you know, just just keep it, keep it on the basketball side.
0: Yeah, he definitely don't look like the type that, like, joke with them, like, share their, like, fake share their drinks and all that. He don't really have, he doesn't have, he got a demeanor like mine. Yeah. Like the joke it could can go too far. Like there is a joke to me, <laughs> even if you're famous, that yeah. means you want to fight me. For sure. Like there's a joke somewhere in there and I'm gonna find it too. He
2: don't smile during game. First time I seen him smile was today. Yeah,
0: he no, Barely I smiled I don't, now. I, don't, I don't be out there to play around like that. I'm out there to get a job done and I got
1: little man syndrome. So it's like what's up? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's everywhere
3: I go. So check it, Fred. You uh you watch the show? Yeah. We don't need no hesitation when I ask you this. Because most of our guests hesitate when I ask this question or we ask this question. Your biggest pivot in life?
1: I would say when I was five. I was thinking about it. I knew you was going to ask me that. I was thinking about that earlier today.
3: Mm.
1: And I think the the perfect answer would be draft night, not getting drafted, blah, blah, blah. But if I'm really being honest, it would be when my dad died. Mm. And not even knowing what a pivot is, but just understanding that. In my life, that's like the point where it's like, that's where I would start the movie at. You right. know what I'm saying? Boom. And then we go from there. Oh, that's I
0: mean, that's the perfect answer. I, was, I mean, we were trying to get it done for a long time, man. I think this was the the perfect time to do it. Uh, you got what you deserved. You were on the phone with your agent. You heard how negotiations go. People don't try to give you money you don't earn. Mm-hmm. You know, from, from being undrafted, man, to playing in the D League, to winning a championship there, what you did – at Wichita State, bro, you earned this opportunity, and they could talk about height, athleticism, whatever it is. The film, no lie, right? The success doesn't lie, man. Just keep it going. And my last question to you is like, what can we expect, man, from Bet on Yourself?
1: Hey, we gotta get them Houston Rockets in the playoffs, man. That's what my <laughs> mind is at. I've been yeah. in the lab this week, so you know, I, we gotta get we gotta get the Houston Rockets, you know, where they're supposed to be at. That's that's all I've been thinking about. Can't wait to
0: see it, big dog. Yes, sir. Appreciate you yes, sir. Y'all. Appreciate you, bro. See, he was already ready for it, though, Freddie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't ask somebody who ready for it. Them, you know I what I mean? Love.
3: He, he Man, watched the show. They
0: watched the show, too, Yeah, right? he watched the show. Just love bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, Hold up. Let me They got some pinning it. I thought they'd hear the witness Got my people feeling militant, way I'm feeling got me up, on a mission got me up, knowing me I got the key, Only vision I can trust, trust, limitless, take a stomach clap, in it, I father the here to witness it, got my people feeling militant, way I'm feeling get me up, uh, on a mission got me up. Uh,